0: The Singing
1: Guitar, 12 guitarists, 26 singers, and In new works by four American, American composers, exploring the unique connection of voices and strings. On this episode of The Singing Guitar, soprano Kathleen Rich. After earning a Bachelor's of Music Studies degree from the University of Texas at Austin, Kathleen Rich moved to New York City, where she sang with such noted ensembles as the New York Philharmonic, London Sinfonietta, and Vienna Philharmonic. In 2001, Ms. Rich made her solo debut at Lincoln Center with the American Symphony Orchestra in Dante's Inferno by Franz Liszt. Then in 2011, settling in Santa Fe, New Mexico, she served as accompanist for the Santa Fe High School Choral Department as well as director of Royal School at the Church of the Holy Faith. Kathleen Rich also has her own business called the Red-Headed Chef. But Conspirare Choir knows her as the Red-Headed Soprano. She's here with us to discuss her work on the singing guitar. Hi Kathleen.
0: Hi Max, thanks for having me.
1: Kathleen, how did you originally get involved with Conspirare? I
0: went to UT in Austin and was majoring in education and voice and auditioned for choirs there. And Craig Hella-Johnson was the director of the choirs. And this was way back in 1991. We bonded, had a great relationship, and he started dreaming up the idea of a professional choral ensemble, which at the time was pretty much unheard of, and asked me to be one of the original members. And I jumped on that bandwagon and have clung to it fiercely since.
1: On Nico Muley's piece How Little You Are written for the unique combination of voice and guitar choirs what is it like to sing within that kind of texture? It was wild. You know, never have I
0: experienced that before. You know, usually do solo song with accompanied by guitar, which is a great collaborative work, but to have 12 right there in front of you and a choir, it was pretty special. And they're all soloists in their own right. And in the quartet is a solo ensemble. And so to have everyone working together to make a corporal sound was really great. and the team spirit, the recording process and everyone. We just had a great time. Nico Muley's piece with the Pioneer Women's stories, he colors them so beautifully. We couldn't tell it came from movement I sing my little solo on I'm a whale in number three a long drawn whale and it's so eerie and you can just put yourself right there back in the frontier days where they're settling in the middle of nowhere and you feel the isolation it's just a great piece and the guitar has set the mood so beautifully
1: is a setting of pioneer women from Texas and Wyoming. As you point out, the words are filled with both loneliness and godliness. These are realities that consumed 19th century pioneer life. How does a setting like this affect your approach to singing this music?
0: Well, you have to color your idea of you know, the vocal production with a sense of longing for connection for sure and then you want to get that loneliness in the color if you can which is a little hard when you're singing in an ensemble but I thought Craig handled it beautifully directing us in the way that he was hoping for us to hear that voice and ultimately you want to make sure that people can understand the text you're seeing. <laughs> That's important too. But I think you just have to draw on imagery and imagining what it would be like out in the middle of nowhere and you're all alone and you have to make it work. That in itself can create quite a picture to sing into. And singing is affected by your attitude and presence. And so if you're imagining these things, it will come through your voice.
1: Quinton, critic from the Austin American Statesman, reviewed the 2015 premiere and wrote, It's a strong, moving work, a richly detailed piece of art, piercing just tiny fragments of these women's lives together in a buzzing, humming, vibrating piece of music that manages to move you not just intellectually, but emotionally.
0: It's it right on there are times when you see your part and how it works with everything else and you may be doing something differently and or maybe you have a different part of the text and you think aha okay this is important and then if you repeat a lot of words or your dynamic is significantly different or even rhythmic patterns like if it's a lot of repetition or little eighth notes that just seem to go on and on You get hints from the composer, you're supposed to be an atmospheric color here. Your repeated eighth note on one D is not that important as what else is going on in the piece, so pay attention. But with Nico, it was very obvious. You didn't really have to work hard to figure out what he was going for, and I appreciated that. Because we did have quite a quick turnaround time to make this all work, so it just sang itself. And you could appreciate when singers would bring out their part and hear that text of the women's stories and that you're in the background creating this sometimes isolation sometimes water I think one was called the night herders and it's fun to play a part it's almost like being in a theater piece it's not just a concert piece you get to create the mood with what you're singing and how you're singing it which is a lot of fun
1: Kathleen, you are Conspirare's redheaded soprano, and you've been the featured soprano for so many of their most popular songs. Can you tell us about some of the highlights over the years and what you're looking forward to with them in the future?
0: Oh my goodness, there have been so many incredible memories. I'm so grateful to be part of this ensemble because it's like no other, especially that it started when it did, and although there are fine amazing professional ensembles following in the footsteps. Conspiry really carved the way, and Craig knew what he was doing. He encourages all of us to bring to the table our unique talents and doesn't expect us to sound like anybody else in the choir, but he does expect us to lift our voices together so that we create a unique sound. And they're very proud of the fact that we're all soloists in our own right. You're singing in this choir, and it sounds really great, and then someone will just step forward and sing a solo, and you're like, holy cow! That was amazing. And then they just step back in the choir and everything's fine. It takes your breath away sometimes just what talent is in this group. We've done some pretty spectacular tours. Singing in Copenhagen at the World Chorals Symposium was amazing. Doing our first PBS special, which at that time... You know, we were a live choir. We had done a few CDs, but we really did our best in front of live audiences. And you put a camera in front of us, and that's a whole different beast. And it was fun, and we had a great production team that held our hands, and the audience was there, and it has reached so many. And, of course, I think people mostly know me from Craig's arrangement of Dolly Parton's Light of a Clear Blue Morning.
2: It's been a long, dark night i've been waiting for the morning work out fine everything's gonna be all right it's gonna be okay i can see the light of a clear blue morning i can see the light of a
0: so honored that people know me for that because it's an amazing arrangement and it has reached so many people who needed to hear it at specific times in their lives and it just keeps going and i'm just so thankful to craig for arranging it and letting me sing it because it's a pretty great piece another highlight of course is bringing craig's work considering matthew shepherd to life that was such a labor of love for him that he trusted us to bring it out and share it with the world. That was a gift. And then the culmination of us getting to sing at Matthew Shepard's interment at the National Cathedral. Words cannot describe how incredibly blessed and special that event was and how honored we were to be there for that.
2: Meet me. Won't you meet me? Where the old fence ends and the horizon begins.
0: So it's been pretty amazing. I mean, we have these mountaintop experiences, but just a normal rep in our home base of Austin with our loving and supportive audiences are just as great, you know, because we have a connection with them. They are our partners in crime, so to speak. As Craig says, they're really, truly listening. It's a partnership, and they give so much to us when we perform that just a normal rep, not traveling the world, but at home in Austin is really great and I feel so lucky that I get to be a part of this.
1: So now you have a love for singing and you have a love for cooking.
0: I don't like to bake and it's so funny baking is science and if you mess up one little thing your end product is going to be ruined. (laughs) With cooking if something doesn't quite go right you can tweak it and who knows, it might be even better. And singing's kind of like that, especially in a live performance where you didn't do something that you maybe should have or did a turn a different way, or the conductor, whoa, what happened? But it's live and it's awesome it's kind of a silly metaphor, but yeah, you create stuff in the kitchen and you give it to people and they eat it and you feed them with love. And it's kind of the same thing with music, a connection through song and you deliver and and serve them up and hopefully they like it. That's the goal.
1: Kathleen Rich, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast to discuss your work on the singing guitar. Thank you, Max.
0: It's really great talking to you today.
2: And our song will be our sight We can learn to offer praise again Coming home